It's time once again for another episode of Georgia Business Radio. Broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel studios in Atlanta. And now here's your host, Rich Casanova. All right, we're excited. we got a full house here in the studio for another episode of the Georgia Business Radio Show right here, uh, live from our Atlanta Buckhead studios with this amazing billion-dollar view. You can't see it. Well, well, we'll post a photo of it. Artie's pointing to the window as if, right? Uh, all right, so Artie's joining us in the studio, as we like to call him, Artio. Artio, how's your day so far? Oh, it's been great. Great breakfast this morning, too, at the Terry College of Business for their third speaker series. We heard from um, the, uh, the guy, that, the chairman that runs all NBC sports, right? Yeah, just, a, just an amazing presentation. And then Dan was there in announcer with uh, the golf tournament here in this weekend uh, at Eastlake. So um, uh, we're going to switch gears now to more business talk uh, instead of sports. Um, so right now we have uh, three guests joining us in the studio. Um, in our second segment, we're going to be hearing about everything, uh, this movement that's taken place here in Atlanta. It's called Hashtag Atlanta Kindness. So if you're not on board with that, jump on board with that. Um, so Shane and Whitney, just give us a quick uh, teaser on what y'all might be talking about in terms of um, the Atlanta Kindness. Uh, this is Shane. Uh, we uh, mobilized the city to provide amazing offers to hurricane evacuees. Well said. All right. <laughs> Whitney, can you add anything to that, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. So at Legoland Discovery Center Atlanta, we were really honored to participate in that, and we gave one of the offers. And like we were talking about before we went on the air, so it gives those uh, hurricane evacuees, they're, they're, they're completely uh, disoriented and displaced, whatever, gives them a chance from not only the restaurants and the retail, but to kind of get a break from uh, you know, what they're, the stress that they're having and have a little minute to uh, kind of have some fun. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the place to go if you want to have fun, right? Yes or yes? Of course. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Artie, you want to introduce our first guest here? I certainly do. And the first guest is Doug Reeder, who is chairman and partner at Sterling Seacrest Partners, which specializes in risk management and insurance and surety bond brokering for medium to large commercial contractors and real estate developers. A little bit about Sterling Seacrest Partners is a top-ranked insurance brokerage and consulting firm. The company serves a wild range of clients with complex property casualty, employee benefit, and personal insurance needs. The topic that Doug would like to speak is about distractive driving in business. Very interesting because that's a liability sector that a lot of companies are not aware of. But before we get into the topic, could you just give us a brief intro for yourself, Doug? Sure. I'm, I'm one of the co-founding partners at Sterling Seacrest, and we're a 180-person firm based here in Atlanta, and we work with uh, medium and large businesses throughout the southeast. And this topic's been one that's been sort of on the radar screen of the industry for a couple of years, and now in, in Georgia with the passage of the, of the recent distracted right. driving bill this summer, it's kind of on everybody's radar screen in Georgia. So we've been speaking out about it a little bit around the business community. Well, it certainly impacts everyone on the road, uh, families, and all the people that we, that we run across. Um, but it's interesting, and you're, you're a top-ranked insurance broker and consulting firm, so this is not only industry-wide, but it's certainly uh, the ripple effect into your firm, right, has been uh, enormous? Absolutely. It's something that uh, we started really uh, – it, it became top of mind probably three years ago mm -hmm. because the statistics in the industry – had really turned uh, across the right. industry, and we we saw it tangibly in increasing auto rates for right. our commercial customers because the data coming through the the auto uh, line of business uh, had deteriorated substantially, and uh, the the consensus seemed to be that most of the difference was 
the substantial uptick in texting that started to really permeate society in in the in the you know 14 15 16 years where um, I know for myself, I didn't text for a long time at all. I thought that was something kids did. Right, exactly. And eventually yeah. you couldn't avoid it, <laughs> yeah. and you had to start doing it because yeah. that's the only way people would communicate. And it was a really uh, uh, significant in the statistics if you overlaid uh, the deterioration in auto results and the rise in texting. They seemed to correlate quite a bit. Doug, I could relate. I owned a manufacturing facility for 20 years, and I had a vice president of sales that was ahead of the Me Too movement. And um, I was brought in by the county on, on charges against him for sexual harassment. Uh, and what I had learned at that time is my company was unprepared. In meaning I never discuss with our employees what the issues are and how to handle it. So um, this is sort of kind of related to that. So what can companies do to be ahead of the curve on distractive driving liability? Well, you make a really good point because uh, one of the things that the industry pointed out when they started advocating for this uh, verbally and, and outwardly is that, you know, you, the first step is to really start talking about it. Um, and if you know, if you start talking about it, that becomes that raises it to a top of mind kind of thing, and people start becoming more aware that they're actually doing it. Um, Atlanta is a really good place to do your own survey, and you know you can pull up to any stoplight or or, or stop sign yeah. in town and just do a survey, look around, yeah. and well, my survey is giving him the, the mean look. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. I stare him down. I'm like, That's, serious? Yeah. And you know, one of the folks that we're involved with at Travelers Insurance Company, which is one of the folks that really kind of took this on as a public policy matter um you know she she raised the comparison to uh dui driving if you go back 30 40 years Mm -hmm. that was really not deemed to be something that was very serious and until you know that conversation sort of turned and and folks started to you know really recognize that it was a problem and started to condemn it as a practice um you know it happened commonplace yeah. in the 40s 50s and 60s just as you were mentioning that i had written down the note uh, mad what so this is like our generation of what mad was in the 80s or 90s or 70s or probably 80s and 90s right i, I really um, think so and it, it really changed uh not just uh from a industry standpoint um and then the dist- alcohol distributors got on board at some point right but also people just it was more than an awareness it was like uh, it's a change in culture and whole mindset that's correct. Shift. And if you think back into when I moved to Atlanta, this was this became a legal matter in a big right, way. They, yeah. they were doing, you know, roadblocks and that kind of thing. And it really raised everybody's awareness. And I think the statute that was passed this past summer is, you know, largely that's a that's a positive impact. From Absolutely. That, is now everybody knows right, yeah. if they're caught doing it, they're you know subject to sanctions and, and escalating sanctions right, yeah. at that. So. I think it's it's definitely raised awareness um, with our you know business owners and the statistics that have come out of the governor's office of highway safety seem to indicate that you know there's an early positive outcome with a significant. What are some of the any of those accidents. numbers or um, um in the. It's only been a few months, right, so exactly, yeah. you know, data is not really uh, mature. But it said in the first month of the law, a thousand citations were written across Georgia. Five hundred eighty-eight were for driving, uh, holding devices. Wow. Um, and but the the neat thing was that the or the best statistics that w- that we have is that the 
the Office of Highway Safety indicates a 25% decrease in accidents in July, right. which is when it wow. when it became law. So that's pretty cool. Oh, Hopefully that'll yeah. hold up. Oh, absolutely. Time. I think it'll increase as well. Uh, I mean, when when your name came across the uh, the the docket here to be a guest, uh, it, it jumped off the page to me because real quick, my personal story. I had my car totaled. I was at uh, turning into an intersection. Everybody had stopped ahead of me, and I looked in my rearview mirror. Here's what I saw. She never even touched the brake. Right, just totaled my car, right? And so um, fast forward since then, um, I mean, I just, I'm very cognizant of it before the law was passed. And I've even had some uh, friends or families have been killed by people distracted driving. So I'm very passionate about what you're doing. And I enjoy this, um, this conversation today because it is a mission-driven show. You all have a, uh, your day jobs and so forth, but you're here to kind of make an impact. Um, uh, and the ripple effect of that will, will carry us throughout the years. So um, let's talk about training as far as, um, you know, the new employee training and incorporating that into the, you know, larger training sessions. What's y'all's role in there? Where do you see the opportunity there? It's, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, it's not, it's not really rocket science. <laughs> um, I think most, most businesses that have auto safety policies, which are typically anybody that's got any kind of fleet exposure, you know, somebody that has one or two vehicles may not have a formal policy, but most of our clients have multiple vehicles. So most of them have a written uh, formal policy and they would have adjusted that for, you know, uh, the fact that this distraction is now, you know, distracted driving with uh, cell phones is is now illegal on top of just being not good policy. Um, And so one of the things we're seeing is deployment of different tools to help manage that. Um, One of the things you can do if you have an iPhone, there's a do not disturb capability where you can activate that while you're in motion. It senses that you're in motion and it'll basically uh, send a text back to anybody that's calling you or texting you. We've gotten those, right? I think that's a really good starting point. Um, There's also some products out there that combine software with with devices that you can put in uh, vehicle cabs and that would actually disable the phone while while it's in the vehicle. So that's a more serious level of sort of that do not disturb. Yeah. Love that. It can wait, right? Yeah. Uh, Doug, what can a company do to protect itself? In in other words, going back to my particular situation, uh, had I had a a formal document, had I had people read it, sign it, uh, regular meetings on it, the the county would have looked at this issue differently uh, had I known to do that. So can you explain what companies can do to protect themselves? Well, you took three or four of my bullet points right there. (laughs) So that's really, I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not anything overly complicated. You want to talk about it you, when you have meetings in your company. If a lot of folks are driving particularly, you want to address this regularly, outwardly. You want your leadership talking about it. You, you really want safety and, and driver safety becoming part of your culture. And then, you know, depending on uh, the, the availability of capital and investment, you know, you might want to invest in some of these devices. Um, yeah. one, of, one of which we're aware of that the carrier community seems to be uh, think is a pretty good product is something called Cell Control, C-E-L-L right. uh, Control. And you can Google that and find their website. And it's, it's a combination of software and a device that you put in the vehicle. And then that would, that would really uh, disable the phone while it's in the vehicle. It, the um, draw for this, though, however, is the company taking it seriously. And usually what takes it seriously is being hit in the pocketbook. So <laughs> just because you put these regulations and, and meetings and documentations in, in force doesn't take you off the liability, correct? That's correct. Um, you, you're really just managing your risk by doing these kinds of things. 
Um, and, you know, they're not going to eliminate the risk altogether. But the more you uh, focus on it and, and attack it and speak to it in your company, the more likely it is that your, your programs and your controls are going to be effective. Well, that's what I was going at. And even the county or whoever's going to administrate it takes favor if in case of those situations. And we like, we like to see programs that have not only uh, rewards, but uh, also, you know, uh, sanctions. So if the, the violations mm-hmm. occur, you really need to be committed to enforcing and pro- probably having mm-hmm. um, a multi-step process that would be seem reasonable. One or two strikes, maybe you're out, yeah. you might not want to go to three. Um, but, you know, it's also not a bad idea to incentivize folks incentivize yeah. folks Almost like the safe safety, practices. Yeah. Like uh, a lot of companies do those rewards collectively for the entire organization based on their safety record, right? Uh, but it is, but another uh, thing, we just have about a minute left here um, uh, before we switch gears, but uh, it's really from the top down, the leadership, right? Walking the talk, if they see that example, right? And then, uh, I mean, you need that, that, that two, double-sided coin, right? One, uh, the enforcement, but I think people respond more from uh, awards and encouragement, right? That you've that's absolutely You've adopted true. this. My particular practice in insurance is focused in construction, which is a very hazardous oh, yeah. industry. And uh, definitely uh, over time, when you observe the best operators, yeah. safety-wise, it's because it's become a part of their culture, so, and it's rewarded, and it's spoken about regularly. So one last question. This could open up another Pandora's box, so we'll have to make this real quick. But uh, we've talked about distracted driving from a texting, a digital. What about other forms of distracted driving, right? It's not just all these <laughs> these widgets, right? That's correct. It's, what are some other on the short list? We've all seen ladies <laughs> putting makeup on right. in the mirror. And, you <laughs> Guys know, fixing their hair, yeah, we've what's all dr- left we've of it, all yeah. <laughs> had hot coffees on the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's all of those things, and it's, you know. And kids or whatever, right, or dogs. I see pets running around in the vehicles, right? It's, it's all of those things. They all distract from the road, and they all, um, you know, are, increase the hazard risk significantly. Yeah. Um, Somebody I, listening to Pro Business Channel and that aha, that shake moment or whatever. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. But, uh, but it is like uh, the food that they eat. I mean, you see, uh, I tell people the autonomous car can't come soon enough because <laughs> my premise is everybody, people are doing everything in their car except for driving. Except for paying attention. Well, pay, driving, right? <laughs> so you take driving. I mean, I'm a big Lyft. We had the GM from uh, Lyft here in the studio, right? Uh, and we shared that story that, um, you know, losing the car, I started ad- adopting uh, just short term uh, the ride share. And I get curb to curb here in Buckhead for, for a few bucks. You don't even need need your car in many cases, whatever, right? Uh, it takes more cars off the road. But, um, but this idea of everything in the car, the autonomous car, Take, let the uh, GPS get us from point one A. They're not going to be distracted by shiny objects, right? That's correct. Yeah. Okay, Doug, so, uh, so how would folks get in touch with you and find more uh, about this in your firm, your company, and, and what you're doing? Well, we, our firm name will get you to our website, mm-hmm. um, and we've got two carriers that have really taken this uh, it, topic by, uh, by the horns, and one is Travelers Insurance Company, and they've got a public policy group called Travelers Institute who's done a lot of work on this topic. So if you just Google Travels, Travelers Institute, uh, distracted driving, it'll take you to the, the link on their site with a bunch of different information, statistics, and resources. Um, and another partner carrier of ours that's done a lot of work in this space is Amerisher Insurance. And you can just Google them to, with distracted driving, and you'll get to their site as we'll well. We'll put this all in the show notes, but, uh, but the website is sterlingseacrest.com. 
right? Yes. Correct? And there you can see that great video that I mentioned. You have a great video talking about this subject. It's only one minute, so uh, you don't, don't get distracted while you're watching the video. <laughs> Definitely don't be driving while you're watching it. So, Thank Doug, you. it was a pleasure having you here in the studio. I'm sure uh, Whitney and Shane may have some follow-up questions here for you in our roundtable uh, segment. Uh, thanks again. Once again, uh, you're listening to Georgia Business Radio with uh, Rich Casanova here in the studio alongside Artie Rudiman. We affectionately call him RDO, so you're welcome. To, you get $1.50 every time we say RDO. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so now um, let's uh, introduce our next segment here. So as we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, this is an interesting mission-driven uh, segment. Uh, those folks are here joining us are passionate about what they're doing and making an impact. Uh, we have two subject matter experts that have really launched, and it's actually been around for a couple of years, uh, but an organization kind of stepped up uh, Urban Enterprises and really brought this to the forefront, and that is hashtag Atlanta Kindness, right? And you actually have the domain name, right? Yes, AtlantaKindness.com. Nice. Okay. Um, so let's uh, you know, uh, formally introduce uh, Shane uh, Wesley. So you're the president of Urban Enterprises. I wanted, I'm very intrigued by your business model before we get into Atlanta Kindness, right? Um, we had a teaser about what Atlanta Kindness is, but this idea, 35 years you all have been around. You well, looked... actually, now it's 40 years. Okay. Um, <laughs> Good, because uh, people would be fact-checking that, yeah. Yes. So it's 40 years, all right? Need to update the website. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, um, so th- 40 years, uh, it's fascinating what you do. So boutique pro- uh, promotional event staffing firm, you do event and promotional staffing. You do office building distribution, which I went to your website. I saw all the all stuff on there, and it's really cool, the videos you have and how you go to these big, huge office complexes, right? And you have a door in because you've been doing it for so long, right? And you're offering them uh, incentives and marketing material, right? Um, and then the community distribution in coffee houses, retail, restaurants, community boards, churches. Uh, it's just it's, – it's a – um, something that I don't think most Atlantans may be familiar with, right? So talk to us about that business model and how that works. Uh, <clears throat> my uh, mom started this business 40 years ago. She and my dad actually owned a restaurant over in the Disco Kroger Shopping Center. Okay, right. <laughs> and Tower Place opened up across the street. So she went door to door in that building distributing coupons for their restaurant. And so when they got out of the restaurant business, she offered that same service to other <laughs> restaurants in the area. So Fast forward 40 years, we uh, still provide that same service. Um, We work with a lot of great restaurants. We work with shopping malls. We've expanded our distribution model, and we can go horizontally into shopping centers. We distribute a lot of the posters that you might see. So it's been been an amazing company for 40 years now. Artie and I were talking about this before the show. Uh, Off off the air, we may have a conversation. We had this idea to do what we call a pop-up podcast on at office in office building lobbies Mm -hmm. because a lot of them do like the appreciation days, whatever, right? So it'd be kind of cool to do a live uh, broadcast as you guys are doing the promotion there as well. So we'll we'll talk about that and um, get the attorneys involved and make that happen. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds great. Okay. And then also joining us in the studio is uh, Whitney Kemmerich. Uh, She's a marketing manager at uh, Merlin Entertainments. and it says enthusiastic, so we're gonna we're gonna hold you to that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate um, that. But six years is that the update? Is that still six yeah, years? Okay, yeah. six years working at Merlin Entertainment. Now it's the second. This is fascinating. Second largest global entertainment company. That's right, I, right I, behind Disney. Really? Yeah, we're chasing that mouse. So, who are some brands that uh, that we may not that are attached to that uh, as Merlin Enterprises, or what? What do you all do in terms of the marketing? Yeah, so well, we have Legoland Discovery right. Center Atlanta here, right. um, but we also have brands under our umbrella such as Madame Tussauds, the oh, really? Wax Museums, Dang. that's us, Legoland <laughs> Theme Parks, of course. Um, we have one of the largest aquarium chains called Sea Life, Dang. Um, and so I also do marketing for Sea Life Charlotte in North Carolina. Um, and then across the pond, we have uh, big theme parks, Alton Towers, Chessington World of Adventures, 
We're yeah, we're all over. And when you say pond, you mean Lake Lanier or um... yeah, <laughs> little Atlantic pond? <laughs> exactly. Uh, I never thought about this, but now I have a new goal in life. To uh, already, you may join me in this, but I want to be in uh, featured in, as a wax in a Madame Tussauds as a wax uh, figure. Yeah, a yeah. lot of people say I already do that, but meanwhile, um, okay. So. Um, so what else do we need to know about y'all's businesses before we jump, in, jump into Atlanta Kindness? Or how did this kind of come about? So uh, Atlanta Kindness as hashtag, and, and you can go to the .com as well, right? So um, it, it was kind of building over the last couple of years? Well, for me, um, it started this summer. Uh, to celebrate 40 years, we've been uh, embarking on 40 acts of kindness throughout okay. the city. So my team members and I have been doing small things like uh, baking cookies for the firemen or buying people's gas at a gas station, just surprise and delight people with kind acts. And so as one of our acts of kindness, I was thinking that we should mobilize all of our contacts to try to do something for these evacuees that were going to be pouring into the city from the Carolinas. And so I reached out to our friends at Brave PR and said, hey, I'm, I'm thinking of doing um, some uh, Atlanta kindness acts. Do you have anybody that would be interested? And they responded quickly that Legoland had been doing this for years yeah. and yeah. They had gotten a, tr- a tremendous response. And so I started reaching out to all my contacts. And after 40 years of doing business in the city, we have loads of restaurants and yeah. venues that we work with and people just responded quickly that they wanted to do something nice i know we were on that email chain it was just crazy how i used to see that morph like in a matter of days or whatever i mean every time i got a new alert there was just a boatload of more people coming on board yes yeah, so basically i think it started tuesday and then <laughs> right, exactly. by wednesday i was like oh my god well, I gotta buy the hashtag you had that yeah you had that the, uh-oh moment rut row yeah yeah yes and so people um up until i think sunday night have been just emailing me offers that they wanted included. And if you search um, for the hashtag Atlanta Kindness, you'll see loads of offers that didn't even get on our website, um, but that just the community just embraced this idea of helping people. So talk to you about Legoland. When they initiated kind of this this uh, prompting to act on that, what were some of the early things that y'all did? So we started doing this two years ago with Matthew. Right. Um, and just in talking with our guests, we realized that we had a lot of evacuees. And listening to their stories, you know, we realized we needed to facilitate something to make it easier for them um, and perhaps a little less expensive for them to come out and, yeah. and have some fun leisure time. It's a very stressful situation. So um, we wanted to do what we can to help them out. And um, with Irma last year, it grew. And we had a lot of evacuees in Atlanta. Um, We serviced over 2,000 actually came through our gates in a very short period of (laughs) time. That's crazy. Yeah, it was it was like six days. Wow. Um, And this year uh, with Florence, you know, we were ready to do it again. Right, right. Um, You know, unfortunately, happens around the same time every year. (laughs) Uh, So we were ready to go, and we were just so pleased to see via the coordination efforts of Urban Enterprises to see all of our attraction friends and and other businesses in the community join the hashtag Atlanta Kindness campaign. Um, it, it was it was very impressive to see how quickly it pulled together and how many other businesses wanted to join. And um, so just in a, a short couple of years, that happened. Um, so now when you mentioned evacuees, I mean, do, you ha- do restaurants retail? Do you all do you have any kind of monitoring? Do you kind of check uh, what state they're coming from? I mean, uh, how does that how does the process work from a business standpoint? Yeah? From what I could see on the website and um, what people were saying is they 
people would just have to show a driver's license yeah. from one of the affected areas. Right. But I can't imagine that anyone was going to turn anyone down. Yeah, it's more that, on the honor system, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah. 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 For us, um, you know, our our traffic, our visitor traffic is very predictable. Um, you know, we, we're very much in line with the school system. So when you have a bunch of people, uh, consumers, showing up on a Wednesday when school is in session, <laughs> you go, there's something going on here. Right, yeah. um, and when you start seeing the out-of-state driver's license, it's pretty clear that, you know, you're getting evacuees and we just started tracking it and when we start watching the news whenever we see that a certain coastal area has been evacuated that's when we call brave pr (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah um okay so uh so what's next or what's the timetable for this i mean is there kind of like a uh a cutoff date and then you wait for the next uh event or well, uh, a lot of the restaurants did put a cutoff date on there. Okay. Um, again, I imagine if there was an evacuee that was asking for an extension of yeah. the offer, that a lot of the uh, partners would extend the courtesy of extending their offer. Um, and then going forward, I'm so thrilled to now have a venue or a place where we could put these offers again. In the future, yeah. Right. So obviously any type of restaurant or partner would have to, you know, agree to do it again. Right. But I think they would. Absolutely, yeah. And AtlantaKindness.com could be a great place to to grow that uh, movement. Yeah, just a a house, you know, a a place to house all that and then reboot it when necessary, right? And it speaks for itself. Again, AtlantaKindness.com. Check that out. Now, besides the restaurant retail, is there any unusual businesses or uh, or some uh, examples of what you've heard, some feedback from some of the companies utilizing it? Well, some of the incredible offers we got um, that were like free admission to the High Museum this past weekend. Um, Broadway across Atlanta, um, or Broadway in Atlanta did free tickets to Aladdin. We did had a bunch of restaurants do kids eat free. So there was just a tremendous outpouring of hospitality. What about some of the tourist attractions? Whatever, right? Families are coming here, they're displaced, whatever, right? Have you had any of the downtown um, you know, venues come on board yet, or this is a shout out. This is calling them on the on the on the carpet to make it happen, or what? <laughs> exactly, Falcons. We're talking to you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but we, we did the... get Center for Puppetry Arts oh, participated. Cool. Um, uh, the Children's Museum participated. Nice. There were a lot of incredible uh, partners that, that did participate. You could get a bus on and just take them on the tour around the city for all of our attractions, or whatever. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and, and we'll uh, throw us on. Uh, add us to the list. We'll do a Pro Business Channel Studio tour. Although <laughs> oh, I don't know how. <laughs> compelling that would be and actually we don't charge for a tour so it's kind of yeah never mind <laughs> all right so um so how would folks uh, let's talk about let's shift gears back to legoland how would folks get in touch with you and tell us about something uh, unique or what's happening or what's uh, current or you know offerings and what have you yeah uh so first and foremost we are um extending the hurricane florence okay. discount it's 50 percent off Dang. if you walk up with an id and we'll keep doing that until we kind of feel like um people have, fades have, whatever, yeah. have been able to go back home but um um, we don't have an end date on that so, yet. So what's your day-to-day role there? And uh, what's you people that ha- don't know about Legoland's right here in Buckhead, right? Yes, it's so, right here at Phipps Plaza, um, right around the corner. So if they've never been there, or what, what, what do they expect? And you also do for business. I know I, I get on your newsletter list, and, and occasionally you do um, after hours for uh, businesses, or right, in the community. Yes, we do. Well, we do adult night events. Yeah. So the third I was going to call it adult night, but I wasn't sure if that was the actual I name know, or not. Yeah. I know. It is. It's adult night um, on the third. 
third Thursday of every month. Uh, we also do corporate partner discounts. Um, you can find out about that on our website, um, atlanta.legolanddiscoverycenter.com. So we offer discounted tickets to corporations for their employees as well. Um, we have a lot going on. We're gearing up for Halloween, Brick or Treat, coming oh, yeah. up here in What's October. What's it called? Brick, Brick or I th- Treat. I thought, I thought you said, oh, yeah, Brick or Treat. Oh, oh yeah. Yes, so much fun. So we'll much we'll fun. add in the applause afterwards if we uh, for this <laughs> effect. Okay, and then how would folks, uh, what's the website for y'all? Yeah, it's atlanta.legolanddiscoverycenter.com. Um, we also have a heavy presence on Facebook um, at ldcatlanta.com, uh, Twitter, all of those. Instagram, Snapchat, all, all that stuff. All the things. Um, and for Urban Enterprises, uh, how would folks find it, y'all? Urbanenterprises.com. Okay, that is, duh. <laughs> right. um, and then, uh, so what's uh, what's up and coming, or what's kind of uh, what do you spend most of your time? What uh, of the categories you play in, right? Uh, well, this time of year we're getting ready for fall, so we help coordinate a lot of different fall festivals for events and properties around the city, and then we go right into fourth quarter, and then we're gearing up for Super Bowl. Sweet. Yeah. All right, and uh, tickets. We'll talk after the after okay. the show. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're going to open up just so we have about a minute or so left. Any roundtable questions? Any uh, closing thoughts uh, from our guest here? Uh, you're free, feel free to ask Doug a question or vice versa. Ready, set, go. <laughs> uh, Doug, I had my employees sign a, um, a like a pledge not to um, text or answer the phone while driving. Is that appropriate? Was that a, the right thing to do? I think it's very appropriate, and it's I think particularly appropriate to have people sign because when they take it more seriously when they actually read the document yeah. and, and put their name on it. So that's that's a really good best practice to follow for yeah, sure. That's a great idea. Um, and we're I mean we're seeing this influx of all the people coming from the Carolinas, right? So um, I mean it's just interesting what y'all are doing. Um, and and I, you may or may not know this, but uh, countrywide, you know how, roughly how many states or have these type of policies in place? I know California was probably one of the early adopters, would it, right? I think it's about 21, 22, okay, yeah, yeah. something like that. Um, we expect to see it pick up pace It's because it's, it's a big deal. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, have you all within your company's organizations, have you had um, challenges or discussions with that? I like that idea of that pledge, right? Yeah, the, uh, one of my uh, friends who owns a business had her people do it, and so I quickly was like, please send me the copy. <laughs> right, yeah. So we did it a few months ago, um, so it would start July 1st. And there's a lot of resources on this if you want to revisit your your driver fleet policy, mm-hmm. your own carrier, whoever provides your auto insurance probably has resources online for this stuff. Okay. Certainly, if you just Google this this topic, right, it'll right. come up and you'll be able to access a lot of good content if you want to just overhaul your your safety policy for driving. Absolutely. So, uh, RDO, any closing uh, thoughts or comments on your end over there well i and i thoroughly enjoyed the show and i hope our listeners did as well i think the uh, serious side of the distractive driving is i hope the message got across and i hope that the message gets across to not just the people who are displaced but people who are here that know people who are displaced yeah. to let them know about atlanta cares i mean we've seen some of those stories right on in, in the media about um just random people stepping up that act of kindness have actually welcomed them into their home right I mean, it's just it's it's a shame that it takes something like that for that kindness to come out in people, right? But um, but I think kindness is uh, contagious. Yeah, oh, I like that. Yeah, That's get that beautiful. domain name too. Yeah, right, yeah, it's <laughs> gorgeous. All right, so uh, gorgeous like that. So, Rich Casanova, uh, on behalf of Artie Rudiman, all of our guests here in the studio, uh, once again, I want to thank everyone for listening to uh, this episode of Georgia Business Radio. Look forward to our next episode. Thanks again. Take care. 
Thank you again for joining Rich Casanova and our guests on the Pro Business Channel. Use the social media links here to share today's show and stay tuned for the next episode of Georgia Business Radio.